Okay, good morning. So as I said, let's speak in, in English so that the video will be at least recorded. So we are trying to optimize over some search spaces, right? In this case, it's two-dimensional fields, X and Y, but it could be a graph that you, you can lay on the two dimensions, whatever, and you can calculate some goodness function f. The question is, what is the location on the plane where that value is the highest? You can look at some neighborhood. Let's not get stuck at the moment what, what the neighborhood is. Immediate neighborhood, you can jump a little bit. You, if, it, if it's in a graph, you go to the neighboring node. If you are searching locally, if its uh, value is higher, better, then the obvious choice is to follow that path. Um, in some cases, may, you may be able to differentiate or something and see which direction is the fastest growth. Or you can look at the, the round in the entire neighborhood and decide which path takes you to the, fast, uh, to the uh, steepest uphill. The problem is that uh, when you start looking at the next positions, you may observe something that is actually worse. And uh, what we discussed last week uh, is that uh, in the simulated annealing, we will always accept if things get better, and we sometimes accept when things go worse. In fact, with the probability uh, that is decreasing, we accept those that go worse. Initially, we just almost randomly walk, we could accept almost everything that is getting worse. That means we explore the search space, but over the time, we will start reducing the probability that we go in the worst direction. Um, and decreasing probability by lowering temperature to zero, then we are frozen, uh, we never accept uh, these worsening moves, only the ones that get us to the better situation. In the, but that, that was basically a summary of the last time. We have one point and we do random walk, we try to find uh, something that is better. So I think uh, we stop somewhere in here. So let's look again at the satisfiability problem. We have a Boolean formula and we ask, can we assign uh, variables true and false? Uh, so such that the formula becomes true. A is true, this cross becomes true, and not B is true. So setting B false uh, makes this part true, of course. 
So there are two assignments that would satisfy this formula at the moment. Um, when you have more variables, you can say that they are either uh, true or false, uh, uh, 0, 1, 0, 1 uh, vector. When you look at the neighborhood, you swap one bit, in a way, you, you turn one variable to, from false to true, and that is your immediate neighborhood, right? That is one hop neighborhood. The problem is that once, we, once you do this, and if this uh, makes better things, you would accept that. If it makes worse, in the simulated annealing, you occasionally you accept, sometimes not. But the problem is that you don't want to touch the same bit too often, too frequently again. So you don't want to do this move and then move it back. So this is kind of creating troubles or cycles. So taboo search would just say that some variables that we have re recently touched, uh, marked in here in red, for example, let's not change those again. And you would paint this one red, and maybe you drop one uh, older variable uh, into black. So taboo search just allows to search further away quicker, right? And then uh, you can apply the search heuristics that let's accept, not accept. Uh, let's try to touch the variable that makes the largest number of clauses true. We need to make all the clauses true. You can select the ones that makes the largest number true out of all the bits. But let's uh, stick to that choice for a while. Very simple heuristic, right? Uh, so neighborhood is what has we have talked about. Taboo attributes would be these variables. We, you don't flip the variable if you have done it recently, and then you may add some relaxation. But nevertheless, if one of those reds uh, creates uh, lots of new clauses that are true improves a lot, then we still accept it, right? And we break the rules if it makes things much better. So you can apply the, these heuristics um, and then try to see how they uh, have an effect on the effect on the optimization problem. Um, I'm borrowing some slides from here that basically has uh, some description about uh, this uh, satisfiability uh, the competitions going from 100 variables, 200 clauses in early 90s, to millions of variables, millions of additional constraints, uh, what can or not cannot be uh, set, etc. So basically going to search spaces that are uh, 10 to the power of 300,000 or 2 to the power of 1 million, right? almost like 1 million bits. Um, so the representation could be like uh, every clause is in here, not variable 1, variable or variable 7, and 0, end of this. So two variables in here, uh, so basically these are two variable clauses. Um, all of these, of course, if, you, if it's minus not 1, you could say that uh, x1 should be perhaps false, then all of these first clauses would become true. Yeah. You can satisfy most of these first clauses. And then maybe 10 pages later, there is another formula where 1 appears without the negation. Right? 
if you make not one, then this one you lose, right? Then some of the other ones has to become true. Um, and then you can go pages and pages and pages, uh, 15,000 pages, uh, whatever the number of uh, bits in here, uh, 50,000 variables, uh, something like that. These are the types of problems that are solved in, in a matter of seconds. Um, and uh, the competitions in these areas, 94, so basically uh, some instances of the problems, uh, you can see here over 3,000 seconds, so basically an hour or more. Uh, 36,000 is, uh, 3,600 3, is one hour, so about an hour or more. Uh, then 94, 96, this is solved already two years later, 0 0.21 seconds. And of course this is not because of the computers getting faster. This is because of some um, improved search techniques. Uh, from an hour, to 0 0.01 second. Um, two years later, um, if improvements continue the, with the solver, best solvers getting these uh, faster and faster. Uh, 2001, this one from what, from an hour to two to three seconds. Um, and these competitions are uh, uh, have been held. This is a report um, of how the progress has been made from 2002. In here we stopped 2001. In here this is from 2002 to 2011. Uh, 10 years of, uh, of uh, improvement. These are individual solver algorithms, solver tools. And uh, how many problems they get solved um, um, in the competition, so 50 tasks have been solved, and there is 20 minute timeout. Uh, CPU time uh, spending um, thousands, well, basically, this is 20. Um, yeah, this is somewhere close to 20 minute timeout in here. Can you solve the problem in 20 minutes? This is how much these different first ones instances take a matter of seconds, and then it goes there, right? And that is 20, 2002. And now you can solve uh, 170 problems in the same 20 minute time range. So the progress has been going on quite steadily. Something that was clearly not achievable uh, with, with these best ones is now something that is like a matter of seconds in here. Um, the complexity class is what, where do you need such uh, instances or where do, where do you get the real-life instances. You can do, run some diagnostic testing, what happens if this and this and this. You can uh, set up uh, a car repair diagnosis. What might be the fault if uh, some problem appears? Playing chess, uh, somewhere in here, uh, 15,000, well, 50,000 variables, I guess. Uh, I don't know exact formulation of that Boolean formula, but basically uh, that's where you can apply. In logistics, hardware, software verification, where you have millions of components on the hardware. Uh, how do you verify that this is the, 
that the design is correct. Uh, later you can of course test if, if the actual chip was correct, but in the, the first is how to make sure that the design is uh, correct. And when you start having multi-agents or multi-object uh, uh, optimization things, then uh, these become worse. So you can say that theoretical worst class complexities are 300,000 variables in here, uh, or 1 million variables, 2 to the power of 1 million, uh, problems like that. Uh, so there are real-life uh, large problems which need to be optimized, and the SAT solvers have become uh, better. Okay, so... The search technique now has been that let's whatever the search space is, two dimensions in here, let's do the local search. Let's have one point and then uh, look uh, locally, follow the path locally. Um, but the problem is why do we just do this for, for one? point in search space at the time. Uh, so the genetic algorithms um, and some other techniques basically go to the situation that not, not one, but let's cover the search space more broadly. Calculate fitness score for each one of them and then you know which ones are good, perhaps the red ones are better than the blue ones in there, but some of them are good, better, then what, what will you do with this knowledge? Of course you can explore each one's neighborhood, right? So you have multiple ones and look at the neighborhood and this is almost like running multiple times the same search. Uh, where the clever thing starts to come in is, is that we have perhaps multiple instances where there is something good in them right? that are relatively good solutions. So what we can do is, of course, get rid of some of the weaker ones. Let's not deal with the, uh, with the light blue ones. Let's try to focus on the ones that have currently the good situations. And now the neighborhood question in here, rather than trying to look at the individual neighborhood in here, let's try to generate new instances that borrow features from these current best instances. So genetic algorithms would say that we describe this instance by some sort of uh, uh, chromosome or vector uh, of numbers or whatever, whatever the thing is. So let's uh, this define this point, uh, positioning this plane, and uh, when we start uh, evaluating, we know that something may be good in there. You don't know exactly what, but something must be good. Something we are doing right. So in the genetic algorithms, you take the best uh, fit instances, you make them, you make them reproduce, and generate offsprings. That in the various ways combine the features of their parents. 
So you generate uh, a number of offspring, out of which you can again say apply the same fitness function and then delete the bad ones, leaving perhaps two best ones. That's how the evolution works. So genetic algorithms really tries to take these ideas from the evolution that, uh, uh, that biological organisms mate, generate offspring, many of them, the ones who survive must have been fit for the environment, they have the chance to regenerate again, and uh, that's how it works. Um, some produce millions of offspring, some produce only three, four in lifetime. Uh, so, already from 1970s, uh, this has been uh, uh, sort of described, and uh, so basically, uh, the similarity to the biology is that we encode the vector in some kind of representation uh, that we may call gene or chromosome. Uh, initially, you initialize just randomly uh, create some candidates, then we have the function that we want to uh, optimize, evaluation function, so that is kind of environment. We select some of the best uh, parents. With the, in the evolution it's not that you're only the best with the best. Yeah? You need to have variability in the genetic code. That's why you can't uh, have children with your close relatives, because you lose the variability. Variability is very important. So you select parents that are not uh, perhaps too similar to each other. You uh, uh, reproduce, you uh, create offspring by combining the features from two. But you, we started with the certain chromosomes. We only reproduce, uh, well, if you only combine the features, then you don't generate new ideas. So mutations and recombinations are the places where you, you apply, you combine features from both parents and then you add extra new mutations. You generate random variation. Um, and then you generate the program that applies this infinitely until things get better or as long as you have time. And uh, you of course need to decide how many instances you're going to keep in one generation, how do you recombine the vectors, how to introduce the new uh, variation, randomness, um, how many offspring you generate, um, how many of them you keep, uh, how fast you uh, move in this thing, and uh, this is kind of practice and art. Um, I don't know how much, uh, yes, I, I don't really know how much uh, uh, precise theory would, there would be. In the case of simulated annealing, I know that in the beginning when it was introduced, there were rigorous theorems and proofs that if you let this happen long enough, basically you exhaust the search space perhaps several times, you have found the optimal solution. But uh, in here, you can 
uh, try to do the evolution very fast, or if you have more time, then you can explore uh, broader search spaces. Uh, so basically, the algorithm is just initially evaluate and then infinite loop uh, that stops when you hit some stopping criteria. Uh, this all repeats the same algorithm. Uh, take from parents from the population, reproduce, get children, modify them, evaluate all of them, uh, make a new uh, subset of the population, delete the bad ones, just do this loop uh, many times. Uh, like vector in here, you can evaluate, you get some, get some scores, um, maybe if you mate um, three to, yeah, but basically combining three to seven, taking this one and mating with this one, you can generate three to seven, three to seven, four, eight, five, five, two vector, or crossing over a different way, two, four, seven, five, two, four, one, one. Very straightforward. So these are the new offspring that combine these two parents. And then you introduce mutations, decide to change one bit somewhere or one integer to something else. Um, that's how it uh, really works. In the case of these uh, kings on the board, you may have half of one part of the board that seems to be okay. This part clearly has problems. So you have this part, this and this. You can take the, decide to take the yellow and yellow part and have the new child or offspring combining these two situations. You have some vector representation and then you combine the vectors to get offspring. Um, so basically genetic algorithms instead of the original simulated annealing or techniques where you just have a single node now use populations. So if population is on average good that's what you want to get. On average, very good populations, and this increases somehow the power, sometimes incre increases the power of the search. Uh, you can't avoid the question of, you have to think about the problem uh, characteristics itself. What is the underlying problem that you are trying to solve? So you need to be a little bit of the domain expert, to decide how to encode it, how to, what, what is the crossover, what are the mutations, what they really cause on the problem. You're a domain expert and then you apply the algorithm, generic uh, heuristics. Um, okay, and then you can, we, we will go through the different, uh, small different ideas. You can do, of course, in parallel, etc. cetera. Uh, that doesn't uh, change the generic concept much. Um, Twelve years ago, there was a public publication that uh, took the checkers. How to teach computer to play checkers? Well, this is what the good board looks like. You are on the winning move, right? Oh, now the opponent did this move. What is my current uh, state? How can I get, which move would be the best, right? What is the evaluation score for this state? Can you encode that for the computer? If you can, if you know exactly what is the score, then you just follow the best score all the time, right? But you can't, because you can't go perhaps entire depth of the search space, 
you can't get the ultimate thing. So basically, what they what they did is that they uh, they took uh, a vector representation of the board um, and uh, and then. Basically, they tried to take the vector representation and with a net, some neural network to try to estimate is this good or bad state. Yeah. For one game, if you have the whatever the uh, score is, you can play. I think that this is good. Yeah, your child may think this is a good move, but you can beat them immediately. They did a bad choice, right? But in the beginning, you have random thing, and you let two computers to play with each other. The one who had better score wins, right? and you can have generations of code playing against each other. The bad ones uh, drop out. The better ones you can recombine, perhaps, uh, and then let this thing happen on the computer for several months, perhaps, uh, doing some uh, population playing tournaments, computer to computer tournaments, and. Uh, uh, Basically, after six months, probably slow coding, uh, the best strategy that was learned by that time basically is beating all of us in here. So the expertise was just to set up this infinite loop and let the computer play against each other, and that learned the rules of the game. Well, kind of rules of the game you have to you have to fix up front, but then just letting computer to evolve this. Uh, Neural network representation of the how good the current state is. Yeah. If the opponent does this move, how good that state is for him. You want to maximize your chances and minimize the other opponent's chances. The vectors can be bit strings, as uh, in the satisfiability problems. It can be uh, real valued numbers. Uh, where the mutation, you can then apply some random function, is it uniform, how wide the distribution, how much do you change this 43.2, do you add 0.001, do you add 0.3.5, well, that's all that you can put in the code. You can have some elements where you permute, where you ask what is the permutation of the cities, like in the uh, traveling salesman problem. Or you can have vectors that represent some kinds of rules, or even pieces of code. If this is a piece of code, then you suddenly start evolving uh, computer programs. Then you do genetic programming, ask computer to come up with better and better programs. Just randomly, that pure random chance. Uh, I, I will jump over it here because I have been repeating all of this. Reproduction, modification, mutations. As I said, you can change it a little bit. You can flip the coin. Uh, crossovers, you combine the vectors. Evaluation is straightforward. Um, discard. So how it really works, you may start with some random uh, population. And then by, by mating and uh, doing all these tricks, so your population on average gets better, right? So uh, that is the kind of 
collective average gets better. And of course, evolution in the nature has, has used, used this for, for a long time. Um, traveling salesmen, you have the permutation of the, list of the cities, one path, the other path. Of course, you can uh, evaluate the scores. Uh, when you cross over, you may decide to keep this order from the first parent, and then, of course, uh, then you from the second parent you will take. But two is already there, so five. Uh, another one uh, comes from two, sorry, five, and then eight is the next new one. Then you apply this one. Three and four are left. So basically, it's not as straightforward because you may have you, you may need to decide that all the cities are still in the permutation uh, order and then you can apply the mutation let's swap uh, the cities 7 and 6 uh, on the path so 5872 becomes 5862 and therefore 7 goes in that place so the straightforward tricks random 30 cities uh, kind of random instance, maybe not even so random. The 941 distance in here, 800 better, 652 better, 420 uh, that is best. Um, so you can, in this way, evolve the, uh, these paths. And over the generations, in the beginning, the scores are on average over 1000. And then it, the generations on average become down to this summer four, five, well, 500 range. What was this? 420. And in this population, there is summer one that has been the best so far. Right? And that's what you may want to keep all the time. The one that has been the winning uh, or the best situation. In the search, you can get rid of this. You can get out of that. You can play around in other places. But at least you have the finger on the current best uh, somewhere in your code. But in here, the, uh, really, the trick is that the entire population, on average, is good. So you only deal with these regions where there is some hope. Uh, okay, so this is from 1995, saying that almost eight years ago, that means 1987, Microsoft already released in Windows 2.0 some pieces of code with the genetic algorithms, basically generated code. I think that was about the, there was this uh, helper assistant uh, somewhere. I, th I think that was one of the uh, things that helped assistant that when, do you, when the user might want help. Um, okay, so uh, when do you terminate? Uh, how, do you, how fast do you evolve? This becomes with the practice a little bit. Uh, well, for sure, it, it becomes. Um, as a generic heuristic, you can apply this in almost any context, right? It's, it's a meta heuristic that you can take any problems and try to try to apply, it, try to fit in that context. Uh, you may uh, try to do the control uh, things, all these different. Uh, uh, controlling, pole balancing, 
reverse pole, how do you balance the pole? I will show something in this. Uh, design, scheduling, robotics, trajectory planning, machine learning is a lot of optimization, complex optimization, so you may just apply these optimization things. In signal processing, try to evolve some filters, for example, that is pleasant maybe to somebody or game playing. So all these fields are basically calling for optimization. This is a cool video from uh, uh, ETH, uh, ETH Zurich. So basically the drone or quadcopter balancing the pole in here. But not only balancing, but throwing it in the air so that the other one catches it. Uh, have you seen this? Um, so basically, yeah, um, the video is just shows how the roughly the trajectories should be, but it has to be doing the balancing act all the time. So you don't want to really care, right, if the ML's in there. Right? There has to be some uh, some machine learning involved. Um, I don't show immediately the video. We can uh, we can later look when I show the other video. So uh, we are talking about genetic or evolution-inspired algorithms. Uh, initially, genetic algorithms in generic concept, but then starting to evolve the programs. Uh, evolutionary uh, programming or more generally evolutionary strategies. So slide, uh, well, slowly adding some features to this general concept. Uh, Genetic algorithm is where we started. We have the very clear search space and we you just apply this uh, in there. When you start evolving programs, the programs may look something like this, simple. This is just the expression. Like, try to evolve the best expression maximizing the formula, right? Uh, this is the uh, expression in the tree notation and then you can uh, combine these trees. For example, you can take one function, the other function, make some crossovers, and then uh, basically this represents the arithmetic formula. Um, sinus of x plus square root of x plus y plus y. Yeah. You can do something like that. The, you can represent this as a tree notation. Or you can represent all of this as, as a simple Lisp code, for example, textual representation. Lisp is just within the brackets, very simple code. All piece, pieces of such lists are valid code. Uh, the search and solution space, uh, well, you can, we are searching. Yeah, okay, okay this, I, I think this is kind of. Uh, in more general case strategies, uh, vectors could be real valued. So you can see that real valued numbers need slightly different code than the, just dealing with the bits. Um, you could have one parent, one child, or combine multiple parents at um, um, noise, etc. Um, programming I sort of covered. So and, and still, the, the generic feature of all these evolutionary algorithms is that you initialize, you, you map this genotype in here, maps to something that is phenotype, that how do we look like, and then you don't, we don't evaluate human by genetic code, but we evaluate how they jump um, 
for example, pipe jumping or, or javelin throw, right? So javelin, you don't know how the encoding affects the, the javelin throw performance. You have the coding, you have the phenotype, and then that phenotype is measured. Uh, from phenotype, you calculate the fitness. And then you select, uh, make, uh, uh, calculate which ones are good, then reproduce, mate. Uh, you may add uh, negative, or basically you can throw out uh, some bad ones, replace bad genotypes with the better ones, uh, kill off some from the population, and get the next population, decide is it okay already to terminate, are we there yet, or keep doing this loop. So you, you have choices to plug in different ideas. So these strategies, programming, algorithms, and programming, um, basically how I am not so fond of these kinds of classifications, but you can somehow say that this is real-valued or binary-valued, Lisp S expressions or code. You could probably evolve different type of code. Uh, then how do you, how do you, how the adaptation, fitness, uh, mutations are done? Um, so the small variants, but you can really, I think you can really pretty flexibly uh, combine these different ideas. So the entire idea is to, in the search space, to find uh, these higher mountain ranges and try to evolve around these uh, locations. Uh, okay, now I will uh, show some videos from, from 1994, 20 years ago. These were some of the early days of uh, internet when the video distribution over the internet has become uh, possible. Actually, the first video I think I saw on Mosaic from, was from uh, when the Winter Olympics were in Norway. It wasn't officially even the, the internet-based Olympics, but then they, they, they had some, some nice things and yeah. But I, I will show some of the videos in here. I'm not sure if I should kill the panopto, but let's see. From nineteen ninety four. Specific tasks in simulated physical environments. So he generated this block. Is used to determine survival. Ah. Most of the creatures are results okay, of independent evolutions. Some. Um, I need to set again the screens. System preferences. 